0: Listening to the Bellator Christie podcast brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host Brian Chilton as we enter the arena of ideas. All right. So, First John chapter four, verses seven through twelve, is where we're going to be. As we've been talking about, we've been going through talking about the different attributes of God. And we've talked a lot about uh, the uh, attributes of His power, of his, of his holiness. We've spoken about the fact that He is in all places at all, at all times, that he is, he is transcendent in that regard. We've talked about His wisdom. We've talked about His knowledge. We've talked about uh, the, the, the great power and glory that we find in God. Well, today we want to make things a little more personal as we talk about God. We want to look at the manifestations of God's love. And we see this especially in 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. John writes this letter late in life. Most likely he is the pastor of Ephesus. Uh, He's writing this, an aged pastor, uh, who's writing this to his congregation. And uh, <clears throat> as he often does, he talks about the love of God. And so we're going to see in verse 7 he says these words Beloved. He calls his congregants, he calls the church to beloved. Let us love one another. Now I think that's ironic that we're reading about this today because the the choice to do the online ministry today, the choice to do the online service was a choice made out of love and concern for our fellow man. But he says, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I want you to underline that in your Bibles if you do so with your word. Uh, Underline those words, God is love. Now, he didn't say that love is God, but he says that God is love. One of the critical attributes that we must understand about God is that God is love, the Bible says. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us manifested but became uh, became real to us, became incarnate, Became uh, was given over toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's a big old theological word, propitiation. That He came and He made the sacrifice on our behalf to justify us even though we were sinners. Beloved, he goes on to say, yet another beloved, he writes in the Word, if God so loved us, if we have this vertical love with God, God manifesting His love to us, he says, then we also ought to love one another. As God has loved us, so we should love one another. That's what he's saying. No one has seen God at any time. At least in the here and now. At least now as as we live our lives. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. That means that God is made manifest in us if we love one another. And His love has been perfected in us. And let's go on to verse 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and that He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. And when He has given us of His Spirit, He has given us His love. Not long ago, when we were living in Yackinville, we uh, lived in a little cul-de-sac. We lived in a little area that was surrounded by different businesses and different houses. And uh, we, uh, about this time, received... uh, uh, by the gracious uh, uh, gift of uh, Janet and Hal Seats, they uh, gave us the gift of this cat named Boo. We love cats and we're one of those cat people, one of those weird people you might you hear about. But I remember, but we had in this little commuter, we had to do something kind of odd. And this sounds really strange to do with a cat, but we had to do this. We had to keep the cat on a leash. I know that sounds really weird. But we had to keep the cat on a leash because if we didn't, we would, we'd we've lost cats before by getting out on the street, getting run over. I mean, this was a busy little community where we lived. And uh, and so, I mean, they, something would happen about every cat we had. They would either get gone or run over. Something would happen to them. So we kept Boo on a leash, weird as it sounds. Well, anyhow, we would let him go outside and, and with a leash to keep him from going in other people's property and keep him safe. Well, one day there at the uh, at a local business, uh, I think it was a local hardware store down the uh, excuse me, automotive store down the street. A truck came and was unloading supplies, and this freaked that cat out. He was he had gotten out of the leash, gotten out of his harness. He was up at the door. He was scratching with all of his might, wanting inside. But the problem, being a cat, is that cats do not have opposable thumbs. And furthermore, cats don't have the ability or the height to reach up and open a door. Uh, A cat can't do that. So Boo wanted inside the house. He was frightened. He was scared. But it took someone greater than himself to open the door to let him inside. You see, when we talk about the love and grace of God, that's what we're talking about. That God did for us Something that we could not do for ourselves. We can't get ourselves to heaven. We can't earn a place in heaven. We can't be good enough to achieve a place in God's heaven. It took God doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. S.S. Molly has three observations about John's description of God as love. He says his background is a Jewish understanding of God as a living, personal, and active being. Secondly, comprehensively, that he, to assert comprehensively that God is love does not ignore or exclude the other attributes of his being to which the Bible as a whole bears witness, notably his justice and truth. So as we're talking about the love of God, understand that God still is justice and truth as well. But there's a tendency in some modern theologies, he goes on to say, to transpose the equation God is love to the reverse, saying love is God. Well, John doesn't say that love is God, just like he doesn't say light is God. We have light, but that doesn't mean that light bulb over there is God. It doesn't mean the feeling of emotion necessarily is God. What he's saying is that these are attributes of God, that God is love. That means that love is a critical attribute of God. Light, uh, when you see God, you're going to see the most magnificent light. I think it also describes His holiness that you see in God, that God is absolute holiness. He is absolute purity. But I think you also see uh, the, the, the wisdom of God, the love of God, the grace of God through these attributes. So when he says God is love, he's not saying that any emotion of love equates to god he is saying that god's attribute is that of love so the question is how is the love of god manifested to us well we see three things first and foremost god's love is manifested in god's reality and we see this in verse eight notice he says this he who does not love does not know god did you catch that he who does not love does not know God. Why? For God is love. This, this means that, that, that the, the, one of the essential attributes of God is that God is benevolent. He is all loving. He is all caring. And if we are going to just demonstrate that an attribute of God or God's abiding within us, we must be loving people. In fact, he goes on to say that the one who says he loves God but hates his neighbor is a liar, the Bible says. Why? Because love is manifested in us because God is love. Wayne Grudem describes love as the self-giving for the benefit of others. Norman Geisler defines love as as willing the good of its object. Geisler goes on to say that love and goodness can be treated synonymously. Let me ask you a question this this morning. And I don't think it's any accident. I think it's in divine providence of God that we come upon this attribute today when we have to do services this way because I want to ask you a question. How much love are we truly seeing in our society with this COVID-19 virus outbreak? How much love are we seeing when individuals are hoarding up Toilet paper, I mean, come on people, this is a respiratory virus. It's not going to make you go to the bathroom. I don't understand this. Uh, th- th- we, we hoard up toilet paper. We go to Costco, we go to all these places, and we hoard up all these supplies. How is that loving? In fact, my mom tells a story, told the story just yesterday. This happened in good old Pilot Mountain, of all places. That she was going to a, she was going to a store. And my mom, she's like myself, she's, she's kind of vertically challenged. You know, We're both kind of short. Uh, mom's five foot tall. And she said there were two rolls of toilet paper left in the grocery store. And here she is trying, I mean she's had back surgery so she can't stretch that much. She's trying to reach these two rolls of toilet paper when all of a sudden someone comes up, grabs the two rolls of toilet paper and takes off. She's reaching up trying to get a hold of them. Someone comes, grabs them and they take off running. My dad, who's six foot tall, he even though he's sick right now, had to go back out to the store to grab some toilet paper for the family, not that they were hoarding it up, but because they needed it out of necessity. What does that say about us as a society? That we're more concerned about hoarding up supplies rather than taking care of our neighbor? You see, friend, I think this shows us the reality of a society that's turning its back against God. The more and more we turn away from God, the more and more that we're going to see that society is going to become more and more unloving. Why? Because God is love. To know God is to know love. And love is manifested in us because of the relationship we have with Christ, because of the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. It's said that bankers do not waste time learning all the counterfeit bills that exist. Rather, they spend their time so focused on the genuine article that if there should be a counterfeit that comes by, they can quickly see it. Beloved, my question is to us this morning as we're going through COVID 19. I I, I ask this question do we as the people of God truly love one another as God has called us to do? Do we love one another in the church? Do we love one another in society? What should happen if we really did go through some type of major situation? Would we truly love one another or would we tear apart? Would we we destroy one another seeing who can get the most toilet paper or seeing who can get the most Kleenex or seeing who can get the most whatever the case may be? I mean, if it's snowing, it's bread and water. If it's a pandemic, it's toilet paper and Kleenex or paper towels. What does that say about our society? The only way we can know love is to know God. Because God loves us. We're going to see this here in a few moments. God loved us before we even knew what love is. So secondly, God's love is manifested in God's response. You see, it's one thing to say, I love you. But it's another thing to demonstrate it. It's one thing to to, to truly say that you love someone, but it's another thing entirely to truly act on that. And we have to ask the question, did God love us enough to do something about our state? And the answer is absolutely, yeah. In verses 9 and 10, we see these words, in this the love of God was manifested towards us, made real is what that means, made real towards us that God has sent <clears throat> excuse me, His only begotten Son. We can see that the author of this letter is the same author of the Gospel of John because this reads almost identically to John 3.16. He says, In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. God sent a rescue mission through Jesus, is what they say. God sent a rescue mission through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And he says, in this was love, not that we loved God. Did you catch that? Not that we received or we earned the love of God. Not that we did anything that was worthy of God loving us, but that rather He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Absolutely magnificent if you really stop and think about it. In our society, it seems as if we only show love to those Who can do something for us. But yet God did something for us. When we had nothing to offer him. God sent his son into the world. That we might live through him. God ultimately showed his love for us. By making a way for us to enter heaven. Not that we could do anything for ourselves. Quite honestly. The reality is. Is if God left us to ourselves. COVID-19 has just proven what would happen. If we didn't have the presence of God, if we didn't have the Spirit of God, if we didn't have God in our lives, humanity would tear itself apart. It's only by the grace of God that any of us can be saved. It's only by the the mercy of God that any of us can know heaven. Saint Augustine of Hippo said these words, You cannot therefore attribute to God the cause of any human fault. For all of human offenses for the cause is pride. For the conviction and removal of this, great, a great remedy comes from heaven. God in mercy humbles Himself, descends from above, and displays to men, lifted up in pride, pure and manifest grace in very manhood, which He took upon Himself out of the vast love for those who partake of it. Jesus says in John 15, 13, Greater love has no one than this, and someone lay down his life for his friends. I remember when Jennifer and I started dating, we used to do these... you, you, you remember when you started dating your spouse and, and you, know, you, you first of all you made the nervous confession of three words saying I love you and you didn't know what the person was going to say in response. But it's interesting once that is established between the two parties then it gets kind of mushy and it kind of gets sickening, really, if you think about it. Because, uh, you know, what we we would do is we would say, well, I love you. And then she would say, well, no, I love you more. And then say, no, I will love you more. And this goes back and forth until everybody around us is vomiting because it's just become a love fest and they're just sick and tired of hearing it. And they just say, oh, would you please just hush. You know, that's what happens. You know, we have this love, you know, I love you, I love you more, I love you more. It goes back and forth. But here's the thing. God can truly say to all of us that He loves us more. And we ask ourselves, why is this? Because only God was willing to come and die. Take our sins upon His back. To be the propitiation that John talks about. He could truly say that I love you more because He gave Himself for us. So that through His death, we might live. Lastly, we see that God's love is manifested in God's relationship. In verses 7 and 8, we see these words. Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Verses 11 and 12 says this. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Did you catch that? If we love God and God loves us, then it's our obligation to love one another He goes on to say, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another... Did you catch that? That's a conditional statement. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love has been perfected in us. Do Do you want people to see Jesus in your life and through your life? If so, you need to love the way God has called you to love. I think quite honestly... I'm going, to go, I'm going to get on the soapbox here a little bit. I think quite honestly we spend too much time focused on politics and not enough time focused on the gospel. Quite honestly, if we spent all the time we do talking about political parties, if we spent all that time talking about the love and grace of God and the salvation that's found in Jesus Christ, we would have already had a third great awakening. We would have already seen another John Wesley and George Whitefield step on the scene. But we are so caught up in these man-made things that we're not focused on the things that truly matter, which is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you have been saved, you have been radically transformed. And John argues that since God is love and manifested His love through us, then we have the obligation and the duty to love one another As God has loved us. When a couple comes to me and asks me to officiate their wedding, I tell them this advice every single time. If you want to make your marriage work, you've got to have God in it. It takes three people to make a marriage work. The husband, the wife, and God. And the reason I say that is the only way we can truly love, the only way that we can truly know what love is, is to know God. Because we have these ideas of what we think love is all about. We have these ideas of what we we consider love to be. But the honest truth of it all is, we don't know what it truly means to love if we don't have God in our lives. Why? Because God is love. And without Him, we would not know what love is. The amazing thing is is that God loved us before we even existed. And He loved us and gave a sacrifice for, for us while we were yet sinners. Having nothing to offer back. He still loved us. And that's incredible love. It's incredible to really stop and think about. What we do, what we say... How we live our lives truly matters. And I would say to you, I would leave this with you before we close. You don't know what an act of kindness, what an act of love will do for someone. Some of you may have heard this story. It's it's supposedly a true story, although I cannot verify it to be so. But even if it is, and I know of other cases that are quite similar to this, It's the story of a young man who, while quite athletic and considered a jock, noticed another young man who was the victim of bullying. The victimized boy, who was somewhat nerdy, I can identify with that, (laughs) wiped tears from his eyes and was in the process of picking up his belongings off the sidewalk where someone had knocked him down when the jock came by to help. The jock began talking to who was deemed the nerdy boy uh, and, uh, and, uh, and they, they began a friendship. He walked the nerdy boy home and as they reached the nerdy boy's home, the jock invited the so-called nerd to play football with him and some of the fellas over the weekend. The nerdy fellow agreed. Over time, the nerdy fellow developed and built up his bodily strength. In high school, the former nerd surprisingly began to have more dates than the jock, much to the chagrin of the jock. He was thinking to himself, what have I created? As expected, the so-called nerd graduated as valedictorian of his class. During graduation, the former nerdy fellow gave the valedictorian speech. Much to the surprise of the jock, the former nerdy fellow thanked the jock for his friendship. He later revealed that on the afternoon when the jock befriended him, the nerd, nerdy fellow was planning to take his own life. He took all of his possessions home from school that day because he did not want to force his mother to come back to school after his suicide. The now valedictorian said that he did not want to force... Uh, the now valedictorian wanted to thank his friend for his act of love and kindness, which that day saved his life. The jock, stunned, began to wipe tears from his eyes. When he noticed the valedictorian's mother looking in him and mouthing the words to say, Thank you very much. The reality is, is we don't know what other people are going through in life. As, y'all, as you've probably heard the saying, you, you know, don't judge someone unless you walked in their shoes. Quite honestly, we don't know. You know there may be people all around us at work. There may be people at, around us at school. There may be people around us in church. That are dealing with unspeakable tragedy in their life and are trying to make ends meet, trying to, to go through life the best they can. The question is are we going to demonstrate love? And are we going to show love, the love and grace to them that God has shown to us? My friend, I, I have to ask this question, and I really wonder about this. If we exhibited, if, if God exhibited to us, the same uh, mentality that we have exhibited to one another during this COVID-19 crisis pandemic, I think we would all have already been in hell by this time. Because, Quite honestly, I, do, I really believe that. Because if, we, if God illustrated and demonstrated such selfishness that we have during this time, I believe that we would all be in the pits of hell at this time. But thank God He's more loving than that. Thank God He's more gracious than that. And thank God for His love and His mercy that saved an old wretch... Like me, we once were lost, but now we're found. We were blind, but now we see. By the grace and love of Almighty God. So as we close out today, let me ask you this question. First and foremost, have you ever experienced the love and grace of God? If you haven't, you know, we, I don't know who all is, is, is going to be hearing this message. I don't know who all is going to be watching on the Westfield Baptist Church page, or watching on my personal page, I don't know who all is going to be listening to these words, but I want you to understand something, something that you may not hear very often on television, that you may not hear very often in society, and that's this, that God loves you far more than you ever think or realize. He loved you enough that before you were ever born, He already decided to come and provide a way for your salvation. So if you're here today and you've never received the grace and mercy of God, wherever you are, however you're listening to this, I want you just to simply close your eyes unless you're driving. Don't do that. But I want you just to simply go to God and, say, and recognize the fact that you are a sinner in need of salvation. And ask the Lord through the sacrifice of Christ to forgive you of your sins and to grant you a place in heaven. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He also says in Romans uh, 10.9 that if you believe in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've never received the love of God. I would encourage you to do so. You may not have another opportunity. Or maybe you're here today and maybe God is putting someone in your life. Put someone in your pathway who needs a kind word said to them. Maybe a kind deed done to them, done for them. Whatever the case may be, my plea to you is, in this society in which we live, there's not a lot of love, not a lot of grace. I would would ask that you take on the challenge that John the Apostle gives to us. That as God has loved us, that we would demonstrate and manifest that love towards God others we come in contact with. You never know. Just like the story, you may meet someone who may be contemplating suicide. You never even realize it until much later on that by your friendship and by your act of love that you may very well save a life. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. You kind of gracious Heavenly Father as we come to you today just honored and privileged at the opportunity to preach from your you the timeless truths found in your word. We would just ask, Lord, that if there's someone today that's hearing this message, maybe they don't feel loved, maybe they don't feel like they're appreciated. We just pray, Lord, that today, that through your Holy Spirit, that you would allow them to know how much love that you have for them. As Anselm of Canterbury has said, that that uh, you are that which great that which nothing greater can be conceived, and. And even our understanding of love is far limited as to what your love actually is. And we would just ask, Lord, that through this time today, that you would have your will in your way. That, Lord, this challenge would go forth as a continual invitation that if anyone has never received you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today they would do so. For they may not have another opportunity to make things right with you. And Lord, we would pray that during this COVID-19 pandemic, that this would be the catalyst to bring forth another great awakening. If there's one thing we've learned in the past is that America has gone through times of trouble many times before. Our world has gone through times of trouble many times before. But in some way, you're always there with the, with the ability to bring forth a revival, with the ability to bring forth the gospel truth. And we pray, Lord, that through this, the revival would break forth in our nation, that we would not be so focused on political entities, but we would be focused more on divine favor. And we just want to thank you for this opportunity you've given us today. We just pray that you would lead us, guide us, and direct us. For it's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. Amen. Thank you very much, everybody. It's been a joy and privilege to be with you. We don't know what the future holds. Uh, But it's good to know that no matter what happens, we are going to keep on worshiping the Lord, uh, no matter if it's online or if it's here in person. We love you. Know that God loves you even more. Until next time, this is Brian Chilton. We're waiting to the best in the back. we waiting to come the road. So we thank you for the opportunity. It's my privilege to announce to you that the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics is now available on Kindle. So you can get the Layman's Manual on Christian Apologetics in all formats now. It's available on Kindle, as well as paperback, hardcover, and you can also find it on the Nook at barnesandnoble.com. So please go and order your copy today and share it, or maybe you'd like to share it with a friend. Whatever the case may be, help us as we get the word out and let people know that we have a faith worth believing in. Did you know that you can help the Bellator Christian Ministries by simply leaving a review? If you are enjoying this podcast, help us out by leaving a positive review on the app where this podcast is found. This helps increase the exposure of the podcast and helps others find it more easily. If you enjoy this podcast, leave a review. If not send me an email. Either way, we want to thank you for supporting BellatorChristy.com and the Bellator Christy Podcast.